Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Here with the Belly Up Fantasy crew. Dan, Tom, Zach, and Houston. How are y'all doing tonight, guys? Doing good. Yeah, Zach, cheers to that, buddy. I'm right here with you. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is gonna be fun. Tom doing a classy with the whiskey. We got the one we got the one minor in the group in the uh the bottom right corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we have a lot to talk about tonight. I mean, we've got our top running backs, our top quarterbacks, four organizations that won the NFL draft. Uh, we just finished our first our our fantasy football draft for our startup dynasty league for Belly Up Football, and for y'all at home, we're gonna leak out some exclusive information uh, that y'all will like. Uh, thank you for supporting us and thanks for watching us. Let's jump right into the news. Tom, what was your take on the Jameis Winston Taysom Hill whole fiasco signing money shuffling around? Uh, I guess they're not the only ones shuffling around Bourbon Street. Uh, Jameis Winston signed that one-year deal for $1.1 million, and Taysom Hill extended his contract for two years, guaranteeing him $16 million. Uh, how, what was your takeaway of the whole thing in the, big, in the Big Easy? You know, to be honest, I was a bit surprised. Uh, the Taysom Hill signing, not so much maybe the, the amount of money they gave him, um, but they'd been saying since the end of last year that he was their guy once Drew Brees retires. You know, Drew Brees has signed a, basically a futures deal, to go and, and broadcast football after he retires now. So it, it was about time that they figured out who his successor was going to be. Um, I was surprised that they brought in Jameis Winston, uh, even at, you know, $1.1 million deal. It's tough to say that the guy that's played four years worth, he's a Heisman winner, national champion, rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, led the league in touchdown or uh, second in the league in touchdowns last year, led the league in passing yards last year. He's just going to sit on the bench behind Taysom Hill, who's completed seven passes in his career. Uh, it's it's tough to see where you know Taysom Hill's going to feel good about that. Right. You see the stat where Jameis Winston has more completions to Saints players than Taysom Hill does? He does. He does. And <laughs> that's not surprising since he also led the league in interceptions last year, though. So yeah, that's fair. That's caveat with Winston. Dan Houston, did y'all see where ESPN formats have – Taysom Hill categorized as a tight end for this season. Does it matter? Well, I, he doesn't play enough for it to matter. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Like maybe if you're like, oh, he gets in the red zone quite a bit. Like you can just kind of like plug and play him because for a tight end, that's all you're looking for anyway is a touchdown, right? But he doesn't play enough. Like they just do nothing but gimmick packages with him. 
And look, with them signing Jameis Winston, could they be backing off of the whole Taysom Hill will be the backup quarterback, therefore he might not be utilized as that special type of player as much as he was because they did pay him, presumably, to be the future for Drew Brees, right? But at the same time, I don't know how you're not going to use him that capacity now that you have Jameis Winston, though. So I don't know. I think, I think it's a little weird, a little interesting, but you know, it's kind of a who cares at the end of the day. I think you're right. I think I'm just going to have to wait it out and watch it, how it plays out during the uh, whole training camp preseason. Uh, moving forward, though, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. Zach, we had uh, talked about Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love. You had expressed that you had some interest in Brett Favre. What was your whole take on the whole Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love thing? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll start off by admitting that Brett Favre was, when I was a kid, he was the man. Like, it was him and then, like, my father and then, like, probably the Detroit Red Wings roster if I had to guess. But I had like four Favre jerseys. Pretty sure three of them were identical. My bedroom was decked out in Packers merchandise. Meanwhile, my entire family was Lions fans. Pretty diehard Lions fans. Point is, I loved Favre. He got me into football. Rodgers, on the other hand, didn't love him. When Favre left Green Bay, I hopped on the Lions bandwagon. Hated Rodgers. And on top of that, he went on to have this career that we're still watching. Obviously, right now it's pretty successful. It just makes me sick. Now we come to Jordan Love. A bit of a surprise for most. The Packers moved up from the 30th spot to the 26th spot to snag love. Was it a gamble? Maybe. I don't think it was. I tend to think that the Packers know exactly what they're doing with the quarterback position. Uh, if we remember, Green Bay picked Rodgers in the first round, 24th overall in 2005. Favre was not a Green Bay until after the 07 season. So it's all too familiar, if you ask me. Rodgers has no place to be upset by this. We've seen rumors flying around. I don't know how many of them are true on whether or not this was Green Bay trying to flex on Aaron Rodgers, like we run this. But I was high on Love before this draft, and I would be willing to go out on a limb saying he probably has the best career of anyone drafted in the first round, quarterback-wise, for this class. The tough part, the tough part for me is that I was going to be a fan of whatever team drafted Jordan Love, and now he's on the Packers, and I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> That's fair. Aaron Rodgers has a special place in my heart because – that 2005 season at Cal, him, Deshaun Jackson, and Marshawn Lynch. If y'all remember in the Holiday Bowl, they took down Texas A&M, and that hurt real bad. <laughs> Keeping on the quarterback train, though, uh, Andy Dalton, he's been in the news real uh, all day, uh, talking about a couple places that he could go. In my mind, the three places that he could go would be New England, Jacksonville, and then the New York Jets. Um, Dan, what was your feeling uh, when you realized that the Bengals had cut Andy Dalton and that he could possibly end up at the New England Patriots. Well, I mean, that's the place that made the most sense, right? And not just for him, but for the Patriots, because with the Patriots situation, they always want to talk about you know Cam Newton, where they're going to bring in Jameis Winston. Uh, I do think they want to bring in a quarterback. They did mention that they meant to draft a quarterback and it didn't wind up happening in the NFL draft. So Andy Dalton, to me, the entire time felt like the guy who actually fit what Josh McDaniels wants to do, fit their system of where, uh, kind of how they want to do things. So I was kind of waiting for this. I knew a trade couldn't happen because there's just too much with his salary cap. Patriots would have to give up something of value, which they, you know they don't really want to do, knowing that this was probably going to happen at some point because they weren't going to keep Andy Dalton around after they drafted Joe Burrow. Everybody knew that was going to be the case. So right now, to me, it would make the most sense for him, for him to wind up being a New England Patriot, because that's the only place I think he has a chance to start, but also for the Patriots to go after him, being that Brian Hoyer is nothing more than a clipboard holder at this point, and Jared Stidham was a third-round rookie. He's not coming in on a highly touted uh, talent ring right now. So, yeah, to me, that makes the most sense, but we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, for the Patriots, I mean, everyone was saying that Jarrett Sidham was his guy, but we've seen that they went after Jamar Chase and Brian Lorkey from Michigan State, I believe. Uh, they signed them after the draft. And now Dalton doesn't have to be owed his $17.7 million salary. Uh, so that is a Patriots thing to do, just kind of scoop him up. Uh, in my mind, like you said, I think that's the most logical place for him to go. Um, but Tom, we were talking about how he could probably end up at Jacksonville with the OC that he knows. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about to the best years in Cincy. That's kind of a funny thing to say. But 2011 to 2013, they weren't a terrible team. They went 30 and 18. You had Jay Gruden as the offensive coordinator, and you had Andy Dalton at quarterback, the Red Rocket. I mean, I, I don't think that Andy Dalton going to Jacksonville is going to light anything up. He's not really going to play a lot, I don't think. Uh, from a, like a fantasy perspective, he's not really going to get many touches. I think Gardner Minshew is the guy there. Um, I don't think that that's an argument. But in full rebuild mode, it doesn't hurt to bring in somebody like Dalton who – does know the game pretty well, maybe not the most physically talented guy in the world, but he can teach Minshew, and that could pr- that could push Minshew up to the next level. Yeah, and that's what Gardner real that's what Gardner does need to do this season. Um, I guess kind of like on those long lines, we saw the Jets bring in Luke Falk to help out Sam Darnold a season ago. Uh, Houston, what do you think? How could he fit with the Jets? Yeah, I. Uh... I don't think Dalton could uh, be a starter for the Jets because I do believe in the development of Sam Darnold. Uh, Darnold's development was a little cut short last season when he came down with Motto and they had a refault to Falk, and he was just terrible for the Jets, of course. Um, Jets went out and grabbed a couple of receivers and Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims, so they're building their core there. And uh, Dalton could come in, teach Darnold, maybe push for the starting position, but I just think Darnold will take the next step if Dalton was to come in and teach him some of his things. I think that the Jets and the Jaguars are a similar situation. He's not a starting quarterback, but he would be able to just the competition alone might push those quarterbacks along. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He would definitely start over Gardner Minshew. They don't <laughs> want him to start over Gardner Minshew because they want Trevor Lawrence next season. Let's let's not get that twisted. That part of it, at, at the very least. Don't don't do the men's stash dirty. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen, go check out Belly Up's merch. We got a nice little Gardner Minshew tee going. Go check it out. Shameless plug. Yes, absolutely. Shameless plug. <laughs> Moving forward, guys, the NFL draft is finished. It's completed. Uh, Teams have got their guys now. Uh, In my mind, there were four teams that kind of won this whole NFL draft thing and a couple teams that lost. Uh, Dan, me and you had talked about the Cowboys and them taking CeeDee Lamb at 17. That was a steal, I believe, in my mind. Uh, What did you feel about the the, uh, Dallas Cowboys draft? Uh, well, look, with the Dallas Cowboys draft in general, it made sense for what they're trying to do, right? They're, they don't care about defense. Uh, whatever they're able to develop out of their young guys going into next season, that's just what they're going to get out of them. What they're looking to do is they're looking to go Kansas City Chiefs style. There's a couple teams really kind of, uh, what's the word here, mocking it, not mocking it, but uh, you know you know what I mean here. 
they're, they're trying to basically replicate what the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to do. They want to go 35 points. They want to rack it up. And from a fantasy standpoint, you like nothing more because the mixture of no defense of a team that's going to have to throw the ball, especially late and going to have to score 30 plus points a game in order to win games with between Zeke and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott. There's no reason this team can't possibly be the best team in the red zone because of the mobile quarterback situation, the three big receivers, and of course, Zeke. So that's kind of what they're trying to do, and I applaud them for it. And I don't really care that Travis Frederick retired. They didn't really have Travis Frederick that much last year. So the idea that their offensive line takes a hit, I totally disagree with. So I think this offense has a really great chance. I do believe in Kellen Moore as a play caller, and I think that's going to be the big key heading into his second year as an offensive coordinator as well. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. I really like that because I do own a couple of these Dallas Cowboys guys in our belly-up fantasy league <laughs> draft. Uh, so I like the way you're talking about the offensive line with Zeke, which I dominated by the way, but yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that soon. <laughs> Tom, my Arizona Cardinals Ky- killer, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, they took Isaiah Simmons with their first overall pick. Um, I think they succeeded with their entire draft. What was your take on that? You know, I think that they won. I mean, you look at it as a whole, Obviously, Isaiah Simmons in the first round, I don't think many people have really anticipated him being available at their pick. So I think it was a no-brainer once he got to him. Um, he's a linebacker safety, probably going to play more safety from him, um, but that's really going to shore up the back end of that defense. Uh, I mean, beyond that, you think about the second rounder, yeah, they traded it away, but it's in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So they really brought in a big weapon for Kyler Murray. And then third round, you bring in a left tackle that probably shouldn't have been there in the third round to protect Kyler Murray, the most sacked quarterback in the league last year. So, I mean, offensively, they they shorted up. Defensively, they shorted up. Uh, And not to mention in the seventh round, they probably got one of the bigger steals at running back, um, Eno Benjamin. Most people had him projected as a third rounder. You take him in the seventh. Um, I mean, elusive guy, he breaks out of tackles. He's a third, you know, running back on their draft board, or excuse me, on their depth chart. It's hard to beat that kind of value in the seventh round for them. For sure, I think I give him the little extra juice, kind of like the James Conner, Philip Lindsay type thing. I mean, he's a home state kid, played at Arizona, uh, lived there, so I'm going to give him the extra juice. I snagged him as well. Uh, I'm sorry, I skipped right over you, Houston, for the Denver Broncos. Um, let's go back and talk about those guys. Yeah, no problem. Um. As a Bears fan, it was hard to see Vic Fangio leave and go be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, but kind of like what he's doing with his offense side here. Went out last year and got his quarterback and Drew Locke. Now he's just looking to build kind of like Kansas City Chiefs, just a track team. He went out and got Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler in a receiving game, then uh, added another tight end later in Albert O. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but uh, – all guys with elite speed. I still question if Drew Locke has it. He has the targets around him. Uh, Denver really needed to address the offensive side of the ball in this draft, and they did a good job doing that. Talking about addressing the defensive side of the ball, Zach, how did the Cleveland Browns do? Yeah, I mean, plain and simple, Chris, there isn't much I like or even care about when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, uh, except for this draft. I mean, they did a good job this, this time around. Not a whole lot of direct fantasy implications. Uh, it was – tight end Harrison Bryant in the fourth round, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan, picked in the sixth round that could potentially be an asset in uh, a majority of leagues. 
Um, but nonetheless, it went well. I mean, they took an offensive tackle with the 10th overall pick, followed up with uh, Grant Delpit out of LSU safety uh, with the 12th pick of the second round. And I like that pick for a couple reasons. One, the Browns now have a potentially scary secondary. I mean, they've got Delpit, Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward roaming around out there. Secondly, like I just mentioned, Greedy Williams is on the team, but also Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., who are LSU alumni, and a brotherhood within the organization, all coming from a historically winning program on top of that, could do the Browns some good, I think. Uh, They continued in the third round with defense, D-tackle Jordan Elliott, 88th overall, linebacker Jacob Phillips, 97th overall, and he also came out of LSU. Uh, They did pick the center, Nick Harris, in the fifth round, but – you know, other than that, it was a tight end and the wide receiver I already mentioned. I'm not even that high on Donovan Peoples-Jones, to be honest with you, but I could see the upside coming to fruition and I wouldn't be all that shocked. Well, the good thing is that the Browns, you have a ton of offensive weapons and they're going to try to utilize them this year. Um, if y'all viewing us right now, like the rankings that we just gave, go visit Belly Up Fantasy Football. Uh, the website or us on Twitter and go see my rankings that are out there. Shameless plug number two. Also, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, we did finish our 10 man dynasty startup league for belly up fantasy football. Um, There's us five in it along with Mike Brown, Ryan McCarthy, CERN, Kev and Mark Riley. So all y'all at home, be prepared to follow Belly Up Fantasy Football throughout the season. Uh, be prepared for some trash talk between us, maybe some tweets, uh, some videos. Definitely, I've got one ready for Kev coming out. So, Kev, you be ready for that. I mean, we have to address something if we're going to talk about the <laughs> League. I wasn't going to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this happened. Dan had the 101 in the rookie draft. He decided to trade out and – uh, I was sitting there at the 105. These guys gave me the choice of Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Joe Burrow at the 105. And uh, having Mahomes and Dak there in a super flex league, I felt, oh, I could pass on Burrow, expecting him to go between the next couple picks. Well, Dan, 108. I've never seen someone that can trade out of the 101. That should have been Joe Burrow, and he can still get him at the 108. It's just, I mean, I don't understand how we as a league – Dan just worked Kev. Can I be honest? Dan just worked Kev the entire draft. Well, Sorry. yeah. So, so set the record straight here. Basically, what happened is that I I trade the one hundred one for Wentz Hunt, the one hundred eight, and the two hundred three at from Kevin. Then flipped the two hundred three back to Kevin for OBJ. So essentially, what happened is I got OBJ Carson Wentz Cream Hunt the one hundred eight, which wound up being Joe Burrow for the one hundred one, which he took two hundred four. That's essentially what it boiled down to. I mean, the entire time this was going down, Houston and I were messaging each other, and I was like, "Man, I got to trade up. I have to trade up." And then it happened, and Houston, you're like, he just fleeced the entire league. That's a draft day style, Kevin Costner. I mean, it was crazy how it unfolded. Dan, did you have a sticky note in hand that said Joe Burrow in, in the whole time? Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? 
Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, that was how I planned it the entire way. I was like, oh, you know who's a sucker? I found my sucker. <laughs> Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Kev. I'll be sending you a fruit basket in a couple of weeks. Don't you worry. For you all at home, watch and follow at Belly Up Kev on Corner Booth Podcast. Maybe. All right, guys. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's get into our top 10. Uh, it was fun. I mean, we all put in our top 10 for quarterback and running back, and then I compiled them. Uh, it was a cool process. I was telling Houston that I really enjoyed the whole thing and how it unfolded. Um, at our number 10 quarterback spot, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. He had 4,282 combined yards last season for 282 fantasy points. He finished overall ninth in points last season. Uh, he makes our top 10 at number 10. Zach, tell us about Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy to consider what Wentz has done with the carousel slash grab bag of receivers he's had to work with in his career. Um, I had a 10 on my list. He lands 10 on our consensus, consensus list. Um more or less on the bubble for the top 10, but I'll tell you what, Wentz is strange for me, and a lot of it has to do with the unknown. Uh, but I fully believe he has the talent to be a great quarterback. I just, to be honest with you, I don't know that Philly is the place. I know Philly fans aren't going to like to hear that, but I've always said that Wentz needs to play somewhere else if he wants to be fully appreciated for the talent that he is. Um, some of that comes just with the pressure of playing in the city of Philly, I think. Uh, I'm not naive enough to say that he's injury prone. I don't think that's the case for him but not being available in big moments is still a very real characteristic for Carson Wentz, even when the division gifted him a playoff spot last year. So, I mean, now you've got Chase Young chasing you down twice a year. Um, I I had Wentz at 10. He ends up out of 10. I could very well see him landing outside the top 10, but he could be much higher. I, he's just a very unknown for me, I feel like. Dan, you want to add anything to that? No, I pretty much capped everything I was going to say, actually. <laughs> well done, Zach. <laughs> I mean, hey, I have to say, and this is... I figured you would. As an Eagles fan, I have to. I mean, I'm going to clarify that. But, I mean, you look at the guy that has 4,000 yards, not a single receiver over 500. And we've had this discussion amongst the group many a time already now. Not that they're great receivers, but you add in some speed that does stretch the field. You have to think that it can't it, it can't do anything but help him. You know, you don't only have Deshaun Jackson who spent the majority of last season out. You know, if you can stretch the field more than fifteen yards, it's gotta open up somebody, right? That's fair. That's fair. Moving on to number nine is Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who had forty one eighty five on combined yards, two eighty two for fantasy points, finished at number ten last year, makes our consensus number nine. Dan, can you give us a brief rundown of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, he's screwed. That's pretty much my brief rundown <laughs> on him. I don't understand. Look, Matt LaFleur, A, is terrible play caller. B, gives him nothing. He has Donvante Adams and Aaron Jones again. And you don't even have decrepit Jimmy Graham to throw the ball to, arguably, in, in the red zone on top of it. We'll see what Jay Sternberger is able to do. But how much is he going to be able to play? I mean, he's a flex out tight end. He can't block. So you're talking about, at best, what a Mark Andrews situation where he only comes in when you know you're throwing the football. I, I don't love it. They bring back Alan Lazard. They bring in Devin Funches. 
who hasn't played really in two years at this point. Uh, um, yeah, the basis is he's screwed because he's Aaron Rodgers. He does have a chance to still finish as a number 10, maybe a number nine quarterback, which is where we kind of have him at for our consensus rankings anyway. So just kind of kind of by default because he doesn't he doesn't turn over the ball a lot, so you're not gonna get those negative points. He is probably going to contend for thirty touchdowns just because it's what he does. But other than that, like five thousand yards, forty even forty seven hundred yards, I think that's completely off the table at this point. So you don't have a high ceiling at the end of the day when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, but you do have a you do have a high floor. So with him. If you're taking him in that 8th, ninth, 10th round area, I think you're going to get a solid quarterback that you can start week to week. You don't necessarily have to stream, and you know that you're not going to flop too much at that position. But as far as his big-time you know, top three quarterback days, those are, those are gone. That's fair. The only thing I'll have to disagree about with you is uh, you already knew I was going to say this about Jace. A boy can block, a boy can catch, boy can paint your your uh, back patio if you needed him to. I watched him every single game his junior year at, at Texas or his senior year at Texas A and M. He was robbed for the tight end award. Y'all go watch the film. Y'all go look at the numbers. We'll talk about that a different day. Let's move on to the goat, Tom Homer, Brady. Homer, <laughs> sorry. Okay, go ahead. Move on. <laughs> Thanks and gig him, baby. <laughs> Moving on to number seven is Tom Brady the GOAT. Is you skipped number eight. My apologies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I was too hopped up on the Jay Sternberger wagon. I just looked I over see. number eight. <laughs> number yeah. <laughs> number eight, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Tom Phillison on the stallion. I mean, Josh Allen, what is there to say? I mean Big mobile guy up in Buffalo. He's got big hands, right? I mean, that's all there is to know. Um, no, I mean, it, coming out of college, a lot of people compared him to Wentz. You know, he played at a small school, but how much does that really translate? I mean, he's put up pretty good numbers, let's be honest, in a lackluster Bills offense. You finally add Stephon Diggs up there. I mean, the biggest problem for him is just his accuracy. I mean, 57% completion percentage over his career, it's not great. So, I mean, if he's able to work on that as he continues, I mean, he can put up some decent numbers. And the the biggest factor with him in fantasy is just rushing touchdowns. He's going to run the ball for you. He's going to get in the end zone because that's all he does. Um, I mean, that alone boosts him into this top 10, I think, with some average to above average passing stats. I had him a little bit higher on my ranking. Uh, I think he does develop better, and I think he makes better decisions this year. All y'all saw the – Backwards lateral to nobody against the Texans last season. Terrible decision. I mean, that was laughable. Uh, but I think he does move forward, and I think he ascends this season. I think he does better than number eight overall. But that's just mine. That's just mine. So now on, we'll- Before you move on, can we just adjust <laughs> the amount of fans that you have right now on Facebook? Uh, Chris Pinto is my fantasy football Jesus. Who are these people? Yo, CP. Like, he just got his own, like, little fan base over here just chiming on in. <laughs> Y'all can y'all can see me on Showtime on the show Billions May third, right? <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. For those of you who don't know, Showtime tagged Chris Pinto as he's going to be on the show starting May for uh, what, what is he said May third this Monday. Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! It's sending the check this way. You need some investment in this show. What's what's going on? I I saw that. I didn't even know what to do. I sent a screenshot to my wife, and I was like, uh, what do I do? And she was like, 
retweet it right now. Sign <laughs> the <laughs> <Find a> contract. <laughs> She's like, I'll be your agent. Let's go. We can move. Let's go. <laughs> but back to Tom Brady, the real goat. Not so much me on TV because we all know how that works out. <laughs> but Tom Brady is new house, Tampa Bay. Dan, what's your insight on the goat? My insight on the goat is that he's got a real shot to finish top three this year. Uh, when you break it all down, look, I think there's a very, very real possibility that you're looking somewhere between 34, 36 touchdowns, maybe five interceptions. And and that, to me, that might be a realistic conservative expectation. It, it could be higher than that because you have nothing but red zone weapons. Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin. You have guys who can give him one-on-one matchups everywhere on the field. And if you give Tom Brady one-on-one matchups because your defense can't key on any one particular weapon, he is going to pick you apart. He still, last year on tape, was able to lace it down the field 20, 25 yards consistently when guys got open and guys got some separation outside of the numbers. So as long as he continues to do that, he doesn't have to throw the 50-yard bombs that a lot of people were knocking him for going to Bruce Arians. Is he going to be able to do? It's not what his system is actually built around. It's built that 20, 25-yard mark with those type of weapons. He's going to be able to do that only question mark the only question mark is is he going to be able to get some help out of the running back position and i believe he will out of Keyshawn vaughn not necessarily ronald jones but Keyshawn vaughn especially out of the passing attack so he has what he needs he has a little bit of a better offensive line it's not gonna be great but with his quick release and the improvement it has you're looking at a great situation here i know that we have him i'm trying to look at it now i know we have him about six right now there's a real chance he could even be higher than that Chris, Chris, we're losing you. <laughs> the whoopsie doozy face. Yeah. I'm going to assume you're the one with the dog in the uh, background. I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. Uh, I thought he was the answer to the running back situation in Tampa Bay. Don't worry, guys. Chris is on like a 10-second delay. We're going to get back to him shortly. Just some technical difficulties. He'll be, where's this fan base now? That's what I want to know. Y'all, where's y'all have the fan base now? <laughs> no, no comments. My dogs are outside. Wait for it. Y'all have me yet? Yeah, well, kind of. You're still in slow motion. Now you're drinking a beer while you're talking at the same time. Somehow. <laughs> like a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> so it's a good thing we went live on Facebook and not Twitter today. That's all I'm going to say. I bought the Ethernet cable. I put it all in. <laughs> I think we're getting closer. That was pretty cool. It, it went from a 10 second to a five second. Let's yeah. see if we can get down to two soon. <laughs> his very worried look on his face. Yeah. Say something. That's you know, talent yeah. out of Texas. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're getting there, man. <laughs> Just keep hitting that reboot button. Slowly but surely, man. I mean, if I was a good co-host, I would actually have the outline in front of me right now and move on for him. But because I'm not, uh, I'm still waiting on this guy. I mean, I can tell you this. I know what's next after Tom Brady. Well, let's do go we ahead. Want... Do we want to do that? Yeah, let's go right. ahead and do that. Let's right. go ahead and signal. Number six, I don't have all the stats and details oh. prepared, but 
I do know Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, a lot of new, uh, well, uh, some new weaponry, at least down in Dallas. Uh, I have no idea who had that. So raise your hand if you're claiming him. Hello. Dak. Yeah, so I had Dak. Um, just like you said, Todd, I mean, oh. plethora of weapons to throw to. He lands at six on our consensus list. I think he has the potential of giving higher. I mean, Cooper Gallup, rookie Lamb, like we mentioned. Yeah. They're all pass catchers that most coaches would love to have on a weekly basis. Uh, on top of that, you got Zeke. Uh, he takes eyes off the passing game, puts them on the run game, which opens up nothing but options for the Cowboys to work with. And Tony Pollard, he backs up. Zeke, shout out my Memphis boys, because uh, I'll do that whenever I can. But uh, he can stretch the field as well. Uh, Dak's able to use his legs. I mean, he'll only gain about 250 to 350 yards on the ground. but And although that's not a ton, he can at least stretch plays. Um, and I got a fun fact for you guys. Dak Prescott has ran for a first down 99 times. So the next time will be his 100th. That's like a Tom Brady rushing for a thousand yards and then kneeling at the line of scrimmage <laughs> not to lose it kind of stat. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> Chris, did we get you back for number five or should we keep rolling? <laughs> Wait, wait, is that, 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 nope. All right, who's got Kyler Murray at number yeah, five? Yeah, so we keep rolling here with our uh, number five consensus quarterback here with Kyler Murray. There was two things that uh, Arizona needed, needed to address this offseason. One, getting a receiving threat for Kyler Murray, and two, adding to their offensive line. They went on and did both things. Um, I'm not sure why Bill O'Brien traded his star receiver to Arizona. But Kyler Murray's Christmas came early this year when he saw that go through. And uh, I think that's really going to help with Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray's development. I just wrote uh, an article about him uh, forecasting his uh, sophomore season here. And I expect him to take a big uh, leap with Hopkins, Kirk, and Larry Legend. He's a baseball player, though. I mean, he can sling the ball, though. <laughs> I mean, you got to add on to his rushing upside as well. I don't think we saw Can enough of that in 2019. Hear me? I feel like this happened last week about the 30 minute you know mark. What, Chris, is... just shut up. Just, 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 well. shut up. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, just, that Chris was like a Peter. 25 minute delay. It came out of nowhere. Like, just, 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 no, just stop it. <laughs> you're cut from the rest of the show. Go sit. I'm going to do the Dan Levitard thing. Go sit in the penalty box for two minutes. You're out of here. <laughs> Put your internet catch up and then another penalty. When it's, when it stops circling around, then, then you can come back in. How about that? <laughs> All right. I, I, just, just to kind of move it on here, Tom, you got number four, which I highly disagree that we have him this high and Deshaun Watson at number four, but go ahead. What do you got for us on Deshaun Watson? I'll tell you what, I think that he and Kyler Murray are similar. Uh, I think that they have the ability to be this high, but I also think it might be uh, slightly high, especially after losing, you know, DeAndre Hopkins to Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't know that Deshaun's going to have the same season as he has the last couple of years. I will say, I mean, at receiver across the board, if they can stay healthy, that's going to be a big question for that entire receiving core. They're all good. There's nobody – I mean, their top five receivers aren't bad. I mean, you have Fuller, Stills, Cooks, uh, Kiki Kuti, and Randall Cobb. Nobody in there that is an awful player. So you have the ability to at least spread the ball and 
you know, you can run different looks with them. Um, and, and of course you always have the ability to stretch his, you know, stretch his legs to a, another mobile quarterback that can get downfield. Doesn't do it a ton, but has the ability to do yeah, needed. Yeah. I mean, look, he does. I do agree with that. You're, you're, it's the rushing stats, right? <laughs> is he going to be able to, is he going to be, this is what we're working with here. Is he going to be able to put up with Lamar Jackson? That, that's kind of what it comes down to. Can he turn into Lamar Jackson? Right. Because otherwise yeah. passing wise, I mean, Brandon, you have guys who get vertical. You have guys who maybe if they stay healthy, they're going to have to put up a lot of points because that, that's another defense, frankly, that that's can be susceptible as hell, right? So, But can Cooks, can Fuller, can Kute, can Randall Cobb, if he has anything left at this point, can they even stay healthy? And that's the part where I don't I don't know. Unless he's rushing for eight to 900 yards, I don't see how he's up this high. But that was our consensus ranking, so I have to bow to the group on that one for now until we get my rankings up on the Billy Up Fantasy Sports.com website and then we'll see what happens from there. Next, what's that? Shameless plug three. Shameless plug I think so, yeah, definitely three. At least at least three. At least three. <laughs> and uh going on to this next guy here, Russell Wilson as a 49ers fan, I hate him. I look whenever just kind of full disclosure here, whenever I watch a game on Russell Wilson, I'm always like, kill the midget, kill the midget, because that's all I want to see. My defensive end is just kill the midget. But he's slippery as hell. He makes a lot of things happen. Houston, what do you have for Russell Wilson? Yeah, I mean, I know you're not a huge fan of Russell Wilson, but he might be one of the best pocket passers in this league. Just being able to maneuver in and out of the pocket, escape the DN's reach, be able to move to the sideline to sideline and rocket the ball down to Tyler Lockett on the sideline. Um, they went out. Last year in 2019, got another big target, DK Metcalf. Not sure how he dropped to them in the later round, but uh, physical specimen in Metcalf. He can go up. As we saw throughout the 2019 season, Metcalf relied less on just running straight down the field and developed more of a route tree, and I think he'll continue developing on that as we go into the 2020 season. A big thing for me about Russell Wilson in 2020 is the Legion of Boom. It's not there anymore. He's going to have to throw the ball to win games. They are a run-first team, but Chris Carson's hurt. Rashad Penny's probably going to start the season on the pup list. Um, if Carson's healthy, his fumbling concerns are just way too much for me. I've actually been trying to get DJ Dallas. I think he'll have a big role for the Seahawks this year. But for the Seahawks to remain competitive <laughs> with the 49ers and other teams that they'll play in 2020, Wilson will have to rely more on his arm. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy. So you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until of course something dramatic happens and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. And they have an array of tight ends. I mean, 
Uh, I don't know why they need five tight ends on their team, but they must be learning from the Chicago Bears. Well, I was just going to say, as a Chicago Bears fan, are there five tight ends better than your 10? I think that's kind of the question mark. Well, we dropped once, and now we have eight. My mistake. I'm sorry. uh, No, probably not. What they say is when you have a lot, you have a little. So by having that many tight ends, you're probably lacking at the position quite a bit. Do like it's the commit pick, but... Go ahead, Zach. What were you going to say? I was just going to ask, are you worried at all about, and it might be more long-term, but Russell Wilson's durability? Because, I mean, the offense, other than Russell Wilson last year, was very banged up, and he had to do a ton just to get Seattle to where they were. Is that a problem going forward? I mean, like, I know they I, will- like, I don't think he could do it again. Like, if the, if the whole offense got hurt, I don't think he could do that again this season in back-to-back seasons. But does that take a toll on you at all? Uh, I mean, they did lose some more pieces on their offensive line. Probably maybe a good thing. Their offensive line wasn't very good in 2019. Um, I think Russell Wilson's pretty familiar, or pretty uh, similar to Kyler Murray where they just snap the ball and he has to start running backwards before the play even gets started. Um, I don't know about Wilson's injury history. I don't think he's been – too injured in his career, but I could see why you would have a concern for his durability with the lack of supporting cast on the offensive line and running backs. His wide receivers and his tight ends are probably a strong part of his offense there. Yeah, Houston, I think you're right. I don't recall a lot of injuries for him, I will say. I mean, he's over 30 now, which obviously at quarterback these days, you look at guys like Brady, it's not as big a deal. But, I mean, you hit that mark and – if you're trying to run for your life every down, that's going to take a toll at some point, whether it's this year, next year. I mean, it is coming. If you're in a dynasty league, it's definitely something to take consideration of. How long is he really going to be able to do that? All right, guys. Moment of, moment of truth. Chris, can you speak on time? No, you can't. Okay. <laughs> good Good to know. Moving on to number two, Lamar Jackson. Well, look. Let's let's lump number two and number one in, in together, right? Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, because this thing's gonna go back and forth all year long. It's it's pretty much a preference pick. Do you think Patrick Mahomes is gonna throw for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns? Do you think Lamar Jackson is gonna rush for twelve hundred yards? And then based off of that, depending on who you are, that's who you're gonna probably pick one and two. Let's go to Zach first on this one. Zach, what what's your make of Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Which order do you have them? I know we have them at two and one, but what what, what do you got on those guys? I have Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I'm not sold on Jackson yet. I obviously, I mean, he's he's an incredible talent. There's there's no arguing that. But I I'm a very firm believer, and I've got to see somebody do it, do it well, and they've got to do it well more than once. Uh, so I think the potential is there for Lamar Jackson. I just have to see it before. Like Mahomes has done it like multiple times. Finally, he's got his ring now. So it's like he's already, he's young. He's already got a ring. That's the reason I'm putting Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I I have this belief that anyone I think I, I I'm way this, behind right now. I hold the same belief for <laughs> Burrow, like what he did at LSU, is that anybody could have one good season every now and then if they're a good talent. So Burrow did that with LSU. I think Lamar Jackson may have done that with the Ravens last year, and I don't think that he does the numbers he did last year this year. Well, how far do you have him drop it? Because I mean he rushed for twelve hundred yards. Is he going to replicate that? Maybe not, but is it really that much of a stretch to think that he couldn't go for a thousand? I, I don't think so. And I, I was gonna say, I think that like it, 
he may not reach what he did last year, but it could be very close. I had him at two behind Mahomes, and I don't know what the what the depending on the league. I I looked at the spread last year, what they finished. Uh, one two, but I don't remember what it was. Lamar so, finished as as one, um, but that was yeah, also, yeah, because, yeah. also because Patrick Mahomes finished. You know, it had some games where he was out and injured, and that had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's right. So I, I, I don't know. I just I I understand that Lamar Jackson he could take a small drop off and probably still be one. I just uh, if I was a betting man, I'd put Mahomes. That's why I had Mahomes one and Lamar Jackson two. Tom, what do you got? I have a very unpopular opinion. I'll be honest with Ooh, you. Let me hear Lamar this. Jackson I want to hear this. Five. You have Lamar Jackson at five. Five. And I'll tell you what. I mean, it's here's why. I think he could be. I still put him at two, even if he's yeah at his best. Right. I think Mahomes is, is going to be better. The reason I have him at five is no quarterback has ever had thousand yard seasons back to back. Right. Even Michael Vick didn't get close. Right. For me, I'm waiting for the moment that Lamar Jackson's run down downfield and he gets injured. I think that the moment that happens, he's going to be stuck in the pocket. He's going to look like an RG3 or you know somebody like that. That Does he have arm talent? Sure, but it's not that elite arm talent that's really going to push him ahead if that's all he has. If you don't have to worry about him being 20 yards downfield, the defense is going to be able to cover. I think that was the whole last year is, you know, as you're trying to cover somebody 20, 30 yards downfield, uh, there goes Chris. You know, as you're trying to cover somebody way downfield, though, in the back of their, you know, the defender's mind is where's Lamar Jackson at right now? Um, I mean, Mahomes, meanwhile, while he had an injury last year, for the most part, he doesn't really put himself into harm's way the same uh, that, that Lamar does, but he has the ability to bomb the ball anywhere downfield, doesn't even have to look to do it. So it's tough to fight against that in a longevity standpoint. So, Houston, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I I would have liked to see the Ravens address the or their wide receiver group a little bit more in the draft. Um, they did go out and get Devin Duvernay, and I think James Proch is how you pronounce it. But uh, I would like to see them spend a little earlier draft capital on that. Instead of taking Dobbins in the second, I would have probably liked him to see you take a wide receiver there. Um, of course, Mahomes is my number one. I mean, he has to be. He, uh, of course, missed some games in 2019 with injury, and I think Reed will be smarter not to use him on QB dives anymore. You have your franchise quarterback. He doesn't need to be doing QB dives. And uh, I don't know. Lamar, it's hard to say that he's going to get injured. I mean, his play style makes him at a higher chance to get injured. But I think it's hard to just uh, make him go down your rankings just because the ability for him to get injured. But I understand what you're saying. I just I wouldn't agree there. Look, Patrick Mahomes is the safer bet because we know he can actually play the quarterback position. So yes, in that sense, he's safer. However, I look with Greg Orman, they're not going to change the offense. And if anything, an argument can be made that Lamar Jackson's just going to get better as a passer as their weapons grow because all their all their weapons were young and within their second or rookie year. And he also led the league in touchdown passes last year, too. So that's something that kind of gets glossed over a lot with Lamar Jackson. I personally have Lamar number one. So that's where you're going to have me. You know, I'm going to be a little bit of favoritism towards that. But having them one and two, I think, is an, is, is going to be a back and forth argument that we're going to have all offseason. Tom, you might be in a class all by yourself when it comes to number five, but that's good. We like it. We need that on here more often. Absolutely. All right. For a million dollars, is Chris back? 
Can y'all hear me? Yes. He's alive. All right. Houston. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to correct Houston real quick. Texas boy, James Prochet. I know. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about it? It's just been on. You think he's uh, reliable enough for Lamar to be uh, reliable in that offense? or Lamar can have anybody out there, and he's going to be my number one guy every year. MVP. I mean, Jackson 5, he's going to hit that probably three or four times this year. Um, I, I think he can be out there with anybody, and he's going to light it up. He's got talent all around him, like y'all were saying about J.K. Dobbins. Oh, am I am I lagging right now? Tiny, tiny bit, but you're good. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox real quick. I could go all day about the Baltimore Ravens, Eric DaCosta, J.K. Dobbins, LaGrange, Texas. Y'all don't even know about J.K. Dobbins. Just wait. Uh, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the man. God, that confidence just makes me want Lamar Jackson to fail so bad. <laughs> I know, yeah. Hey, sometimes they hate us because they ain't us, baby. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> on that note how about some running backs guys <laughs> hey not bad uh, for a running back number one not bad for a running back <laughs> right do we all agree what yeah. number one running back lamar jackson yeah oh, yeah absolutely he doesn't already play running back i mistake i did i thought he did <laughs> All right, well, Chris, if you're back with us, how about we let you kind of like swoop in here and do number 10? I know we had Zach on the list, but you haven't actually talked for a good, you know, I don't know, 35 minutes of the show. So how about <laughs> what are your thoughts here on Aaron Jones? Well, I paired up Green Bay running back Aaron Jones with Zach just because they're similar habits. I love Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones, uh, UTEP minor, go minors. He had 1,500 combined yards. He was the number two overall scorer last season. Uh, he was a lot higher than my top t- than top than ten for me. Um, I love him. I think they're going to utilize him a lot more this season. I know they got AJ Dillon in the draft. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Jamal Williams is still there. Aaron Jones is the man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers likes him. Aaron Rodgers was very vocal about Aaron Jones a few seasons ago, and that might have led to Mike McCarthy leaving Green Bay. Um, I think Aaron Jones is the man. I think he's going to do way better than number 10. Uh, what would, what do y'all think? Uh, I'll go just because I had him. I, I, I had him slight. I think I had him at eight, eight or nine or something. So I am slightly above 10, but, uh, I mean, he's seen in, increased production, both in rushing and receiving year by year. Uh, Green Bay is not no. I mean, I like to knock Aaron Rodgers to be checked on artists, but I, they're not known for throwing the ball down the field. They're very methodical, so that helps Jones. I think. Uh, I mean, he's entering his fourth season, relatively young. I know his numbers can't grow every single year, but I think it still stands to reason for the time being that he's a key piece to the Green Bay offense. I would think. Yeah, and a Lafleur offense, the running back is always going to be the main focal piece. Yeah, I mean, amplified by the fact that they took AJ Dillon in the in the second round, right? I look, I, yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna go back on my Green Bay Packer tangent if I keep talking about their draft. So why don't we move on to number nine? Because uh, <laughs> it just drove me crazy. Absolutely, uh, number nine, Nick Chubb. Tom, 
what, what do you got for Nick Chubb? What's, what's his split going to be with Kareem Hunt? Why does he crack our top 10? I'll tell you what, I didn't have him in the top 10. Um, it's, you know, I know you did. That's why I threw that to you. I wanted to mix it up on you. Yeah, I, yeah, I do think that he'll <laughs> succeed. I mean, the Browns offense is, is an enigma. Baker Mayfield, I can't read it. I don't know if he's going to be successful or not at this point. Um, you know, I think that you're going to have to rely on the run game for him because OBJ and, uh, and Jarvis Landry can't necessarily rely on Baker Mayfield to get him the ball. So, you know, look at what they did last year. Nick Chubb got the ball. He's able to get downfield. I think you are going to lose share to um, – oh, I'm completely blanking now. Uh, yes, he is going to lose share of uh, touches, though. So that's why I didn't have him in the top ten. But at, uh, at number nine, it's possible. Houston, explain to Tom why normal people do have him at number nine. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm itching here a little bit. I got the stereotypical Chubb for Chubb over here. Um, he was second leading rusher in the league last year. The Browns went out and got the new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, OC from the Minnesota Vikings. We saw last year what Dalvin Cook can do when he's the main focal piece and stay healthy, and I expect that out of Chubb. A couple stats I saw to Chubb last year. If you watched any Browns games, they would get into the red zone, but they just couldn't push it in uh chubbs rushing stats inside the 10 he had 32 attempts for 12 yards and inside the five he had 15 attempts for negative 14 yards i would have to expect that chubb is going to get in the red zone more going into 2020 he had eight in 2019 they went out got jack conklin dredrick wills brought in austin hooper to go along Najoku. also added harrison bryant he's not the best uh blocking tight end but they, I think they will be committed to the run heavy in 2020. Yes, I think Hunt will take a little bit of that work share. But I think Kitchens just loved Hunt more than he really needed to. And I think Stefanski's going to come in and see Chubb, similar to Cook, and give him that workload. At nine, that's way too uh, low. He'd probably be my number five guy here. but Not worry about Hunt at all, says no. Houston. Well, at number eight, we I'm have to hear the call on that. Oh, wait, Chris is back. I'm sorry, Chris. I would have let you talk, but I didn't know you could. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to agree with Tom real quick. Kareem Hunt two seasons ago was my ride or die. I mean, dude can ball. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can block. He can run. Uh, I think he eats a little bit more into his work into Nick Chubb's workload. So, like Tom, Chubb did not break my top ten. Hey, I, like I said, I don't think I'll have a bad year by any means. And it's right. that running back by committee. It's tough to succeed in fantasy with that. I just think one more off the field issue just takes Hunt out of the equation. I mean, and it it totally can happen. He had a run in post uh, kicking debacle here where he pleaded to the cop. I I need this. I didn't mean this to happen. I just yeah, one more. It's it one weed, more run in. They can smoke weed in the NFL. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah, but. <laughs> Well, and admit that you have been doing it and still not get tested for it because it's cool like that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, with with number eight with Derrick Henry, depending on what league you're in, right? It's he's kind of be hit or miss because he has to be the rushing king again in order to be an RB one because of the lack of production that he has catching the football. But Tom, where do you have Derrick Henry? We have him at number eight. Where do you have him? Oh, Henry. Uh, I had Henry. I actually had him at eight. Um, same type of thing. I think he nailed it on the head. He doesn't get the passing game. He's not a pass catching back. Um, 
And I think he's going to have trouble being the the king again. You don't, you haven't seen a, a back-to-back rushing leader since Ladanian Tomlinson in 06, 07. So, well, he'll have a good year, I'm sure, a thousand plus yards, probably. I would, you know, based on their offense, um, you know, as long as he can stay healthy from the amount of touches and the amount of hits he takes, then yeah, I mean, eight sounds about reasonable for it. Anybody else? Zach? I mean, I I would agree. I think if you're a defense and you're going against the Tennessee Titans, that's probably your number one goal is to shut down the run, put the ball in Tannehill's hands. So I could see it being very difficult for Derrick Henry to crack any sort of top five. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not really wrong about that. So it's, it's just a matter of do you believe he can actually be the rushing king or not? Because if you don't, or if you think there's a good chance that he regresses, which the numbers would tell you that it's a more probable that he will, uh, you're talking about a guy who definitely will be a high in RB2, but getting into that low in RB1 territory, I think, is really where your ceiling has to be at and kind of have to take that into consideration. But for our next guy, Josh Jacobs in number seven, he's very, very interesting, right? Because he does he does catch the ball. He does do a little bit of everything. He didn't catch the ball enough, and yet they promise that he's going to catch the ball quite a bit this season. But Houston, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah, I'm going to bounce this back to you real quick. Do you really think his passing game is going to increase in 2020? 100%. No, uh, Josh Jacobs. Oh, that's what they say is going to happen. Mike Mayock came out and said that. um, Jacobs had a promising first year playing playing behind a top three offensive line in my uh, opinion. You could make an argument that they're the top offensive line in the league. he had 69 broken tackles in 2019, led all running backs. Yeah. And uh, I think Raiders went out and improved their whole offense, which they really need to do in the receiving game to make the offense more balanced. It makes me believe why – I still question why they brought in Mariota. Is he, is he a threat to Derek Carr? I'm not sure. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say... It's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. I think Jacob's... Uh, value could either go up or down depending on what they want to do at quarterback. If it's a carousel, maybe they'll rely more on Jacobs. I think Jacobs is going to have a pretty good year too. And it's going to have to come from a little bit more work in the receiving game. So we'll just have to see if Mayock's committed to that, then maybe we'll see it. They also said that about Chris Carson last year out of Seattle, and that didn't work out as well. Chris, you got anything to say to that? I'm a fan of Josh Jacobs. I love the story. I love the kid. Uh, I've got a really good friend, Scott Davis, here in College Station that's a diehard Raiders fan, and he got me on board with this kid at the draft. I followed him throughout everything. I watched Hard Knocks. I drank the Kool-Aid. 
Uh, I owned him in a couple leagues last season. I wanted to get him this year uh, in our belly up league, and I'm going to send you a trade. You know who I'm talking about because I want Josh Jacobs this year. I think he's going to be a top five guy. I think he's going to do it all. I think he's going to be a three down back. I know they got uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., who is a converted wide receiver running back uh, to the Raiders. They let go of DeAndre Washington. So things could happen, but I really do think that Josh Jacobs ascends this year and he becomes an elite back. Um, I would put money on it. Okay. okay. I mean, look, I like it overall as well. Uh, I mean, whether or not he actually gets utilized, Houston, to your point, whether or not he actually gets utilized more in the passing game is going to be the question, uh, even though he should, because that was his strong suit coming out of college, was the passing game. He just he got underutilized in that fashion, but they do have Jalen Richard, so we'll kind of see what winds up happening there, but definitely somebody who's in line, at least, to be an actual featured guy. Kind of like our number six. Now, number six is interesting. We have Joe Mixon. I have him at number six, too. So I'm right in line with the consensus rankings that we have. Now, here's what I want to say about Joe Mixon before I get into my analysis. I need the I need the possibility of changing my answer if this guy decides to hold out. That's, that's, the, big, that's the big thing right now. He might. Maybe he pulls, yeah. on, maybe he pulls a Melvin Gordon. Uh, I hope he doesn't. It didn't work out well for those two guys. The last time a guy holding out worked out well was for Ezekiel Elliott, but that's because he had Jerry Jones as the owner. Cincinnati Bengals are not the same as far as paying their guys come hell or high water. So that's where we kind of take into consideration. Now, let's assume that Joe Mixon does play this year. Uh, he's To me, he is the perfect Tom Todd Gurley replica, which is exactly what Zach Taylor's looking to do. He's looking to replicate what we had out of the Rams offense. And I talk about this a lot when I talk about Joe Burrow in my shows. And with Joe Mixon, he could do a little bit of everything. He's built to get 300-plus touches in a season. Giovanni Bernard is nothing more than a backup there. Their offensive line should be a little bit better. With Joe Burrow and the receivers that they have, they should be able to keep guys out of the box. Joe Mixon has a huge chance here, but it's going to be a question of, because the Cincinnati Bengals are just so used to them seeing it screw it up. It's really my only fear when it comes to Joe Mixon, but the talent, the talent is there. I don't know if anybody has something they want to say about that. Tom, Zach, will you, if you guys have anything. No, I mean, I will say you have to look at it again, assuming he doesn't hold out. You have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow. Most rookie quarterbacks here rely a little bit more on the running game to help kind of put them up there on a, on a pedestal, you know, keep them safe. So if that's the truth with them, I mean, I could see Mixon having a good year. Like you said, he has the ability, give him the touches and he could, he could make it a big year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at it as well. But for our next guy, Dalvin Cook, one of the big guys, the narrative on him is that he was able to get over the injury hump because he was able to play 13 games last year. I'm not really sure why that narrative continues to circle, but it does. It's a real thing right now in in the industry, which is mind-blowing to me. Yes, it wasn't a soft tissue injury, but it was still an injury nonetheless. Zach, what do you got for Dalvin Cook at, at number five, and where do you have him? Yeah, so I also had him number five. I I love this that I'm I'm a Lions fan here, and I've I got Aaron Jones and Delvin Cook to talk about. But uh, uh, Cook, much like Jones, who I touched on earlier, also entering his fourth season. Um, only gets better with age so far, at least. He eclipsed 500 receiving yards for the first time in his career last season. Didn't get a reception touchdown last year, which I can almost bank on that not holding up. I I'm I'm calling catch Tuddy first two weeks. Um, he also clipped a, eclipsed 1,000 rushing yards last time for the first time, added 13 scores on the ground uh, with 1,135 yards. Um, the only downside for Cook is that Diggs is out of Minnesota. I feel like Cook is going to be the primary focus for defense. 
Not not Adam Thielen. You think Adam Thielen could take away some of the tension there? I, me personally, I'm not worried about Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. Not that, that Dalvin was Cook was wasn't the focal point. No. Not that mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook wasn't the focal point last. Right, season. right. I mean, he majority was any anyways. Yeah. Zach's like, I don't. White boy receivers don't scare me. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> throw me out there. You know, I'm the same. It's the same thing. We all look the same. We all run the same. We can't jump. We're fine. We'll be all right. Whatever. Adam, who? Uh, yeah. So after Dalvin Cook, and I think appropriately so, we got Zeke Elliott, right? And with Zeke, I look. The touchdowns are going to be there because they're going to be in the red zone a lot, a lot. So I have absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, as far as there being extra receivers and there being extra throws down the field, great. Guess what? Zeke's never going to see more than seven guys in the box. You give Ezekiel Elliott no le- no more than seven guys in the box at a time, he's going to be able to churn it out. Maybe he only gets 260 carries. Who cares? He's going to average about five yards a carry on top of that. Look, I know Zeke here is sitting at number four for our consensus rankings. But I'm going to sit there and make the argument. I think he should be number two ahead of Saquon Barkley, quite frankly, because I believe in his ability to stay healthy more so than Saquon. I think that ankle issue was an issue in college. It continued to be an issue throughout his first two years in the NFL. I think it'll continue to be an issue moving forward. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to say about that? I see you gesturing down there in the left corner. No, I was just going over our rankings, and we have Zeke at the exact same place, number two overall. Uh, the only reason I have him number two is because of what CMC did last season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to replicate it. I think he's going to do better this season. Zeke, that is. Uh, but I just couldn't put him over CMC. Uh, Zeke's my guy. Shout out to my father-in-law. Go Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I got I to gotta, I gotta ask Tom then because you guys both had him at two and I had him at three. Tom had him at nine. Is that biased? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be biased. He's an Eagles fan. I'm going to say there's probably some bias. Nine might be a little bit of a stretch. The way I look at it is, again, it's that offense has a lot of weapons. You're going to spread the ball out. You know, I think Dan did nail it on the head. You're going to, you know, you're only going to have seven guys in the box, uh, presumably. But if defenses can find a way to slow Zeke, uh, you know, he's he's getting on in, into the his uh, career to the point where I can expect him to start dropping off at some point. Running backs don't last forever. He's had a lot of touches throughout high school, college, and NFL. It's only a matter of time. But he has no neck. He can he can take it. It's all muscle <laughs> from like here up. Like it's just trapped, right? It's <laughs> all it is. Straight trap. No, I mean, I, like you said, I think that he he can definitely have a good year. Uh, there's definitely some bias in it, but. Again, I, I think that you can see him spreading the ball too much for him to, to have a, a top four year. Okay, fine, Tom. Are you a hater on number three at Alvin Kamara too, or do you do you have him appropriately ranked? I had him at three. <laughs> All right. Hashtag analysis right there. Why is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kamara, so the way I see Kamara, um, I mean, you think about the fact that he's had big years over the last two years here. Drew Brees is going to check down as he gets older. His arm's going to be weaker and weaker. He's getting to be 48 years old, 74 years old in the pocket there. He can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. So as he checks down to Kamara, he's going to get, especially in PPR leagues, he's going to have catches. Um, beyond that, if Brees does go down again, you're going to be looking at Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. We talked about them earlier. Uh, Jameis 
under Sean Payton, I wouldn't presume he's going to let him just fling the ball downfield and throw 74 interceptions this year. So he'll probably have him checking down too. Same thing with Taysom Hill. He's inexperienced. You're not going to be bombing the ball. Kamara is going to be a big part of that offense, no matter who's at quarterback there. What do you think about that, Houston? Yeah, I mean, I think I had Kamara at 3-2. Kamara had a pretty serious high ankle injury last year that that kept him out of some games. Then he kind of returned a little bit earlier than he should have in my opinion. And uh, as we saw in the week uh, 14, 15, 16 there, he started to kind of turn it on to his original self. Kamara is good in the receiving game. He scored a – uh, unusually low touchdowns in 2019. I, I don't remember the number, but a lot less than what he did in 2018. Um, I think he is a staple. I don't think we'll see Michael Thomas have that many catches again. Uh, more will go to Alvin Kamara. So I well, like. No, go ahead. I was just going to say I, that was my big thing about Alvin Kamara. I'm glad that we have him at number three. A lot of people are forgetting about him. A lot of people are forgetting the fact that even when he played towards the second half of last season, he was still banged up. He never got a chance to get 100% healthy. This guy is excellent. I'm tired of hearing the narrative on him like, oh, his production, his yards per carry has gone down each and every year. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what happens when you get hurt. Alvin Kamara is a unnatural talent he glides like nobody else out there and if you get him healthy now you have emmanuel sanders now you have michael thomas now you have jared cook guys are going to keep everybody out of the box on top of it and you just drafted cesar hurries to help that interior of that offensive line yeah look out latavius Murray can get his eight to ten touches i don't care alvin kamara on 230 touches is going to be an rb1 in the top five and i'm glad we have him at number three because i don't think he's getting enough respect frankly as it is but these next two guys are always getting a lot of respect with saquon and chris mccaffrey we have saquon number two uh we had tom talk about ezekiel elliott as a hater so let's talk to chris who might be a hater of saquon and see what he has uh, I am a hater of Saquon. I took him 1.01 last season, and his injury just absolutely killed me because I backdoored him with Tyreek Hill. Uh, so I had both those guys missing for like the per- first eight weeks last season. So I have I don't want anything to do with Tyreek Hill or Saquon Barkley this year. Uh, yes, Saquon Barkley is an unreal talent. Yes, they're going to feature him. Yes, they have a good offensive line. Yes, they have a, uh, a you know a sophomore quarterback in Danny Dimes. Is he going to get his? Sure. I'm just not that big of a fan of him. I got Zeke over him because I am a Texas kid. Um, sorry. <laughs> Zach, as somebody who's uh, gone through a lot of punishment being a Detroit Lions fan, tell Chris why he should be optimistic about Saquon Barkley. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's, he's a good back. I mean, what's, I don't, I don't know. I, I had, I don't remember where I had Saquon. I, I don't know if I had him above. No, I had him second. So I had him where we yeah. have him. Um, I mean, I just think, I, I, echoing what you said earlier, I, the, really the only reason I didn't have him one is because of what Christian McCaffrey did earlier. So, I honestly, I think Saquon has the ability to be number one. You mentioned Danny Dimes as a quarterback. I mean, and OBJ is gone, so it's like there's really nothing other to lean on than Saquon Barkley in, in, in New York. And There's the one guy, Darius Slayton. Remember him. Yeah, I love. I'm a big fan of Darius Slayton as as well. Look, the big thing about Saquon Barkley is he probably is the best athlete of all of these running backs, most likely, just the most god given talent from a physical standpoint. But here's something to remember: when Danny Dimes took over, 
he did not check the ball down nearly as much as Eli Manning. And it was a noticeable difference. Now, part of it could be Saquon was a bit banged up at that point in the season. He wasn't running the same kind of routes. He wasn't going. They weren't motioning him outside the lineup as a wide receiver as much as they were when Eli was also in there. But just naturally, there was not as many check down throws. So Saquon is still going to be a factor in the passing game. And I'm not trying to make that argument like all of a sudden he's going to drop off the face of the earth in that category. But will it be borderline Christian McCaffrey like in the production that it was possibly with Eli no I don't think it will be which is why I think having him number two is a perfect spot for that but our number one CMC is it boring to put him number one yeah it is it is boring to put him number one can you not put him at number one I don't think you can I don't think anybody's gonna make that argument Tom tell me just what you think about Christian McCaffrey in general I mean I'll tell you what there's an argument that does he end at number one? That's very possible. I don't think you can go into the season not putting him there. I mean, that offense is definitely upgraded. Um, you know, quarterbacks similar, just not as big. You have Teddy Bridgewater rattling Cam Newton. Similar playing style, just he's not going to run somebody over because he's not 6'5", 250, 260. Um, but, I mean, you have Ian Thomas, not a bad tight end, not a great tight end. He's okay. Um, and then you have some, some weapons at receiver now, uh, DJ Moore's down there. He's, he's a solid receiver. They're all a young core. So it's possible that CMC sees less, less target share this year. Maybe he and Bridgewater don't have the same chemistry. Um, or he could finally get beaten by the injury bug. I mean, a lot of these running backs, they get these big contracts. I mean, he's the highest paid running back in the NFL. Now you see a lot of them sign those deals and then, for some reason, it's like the Madden curse. That's about it for him. He is the younger one who signed that deal, though, so he has a little bit more of a chance in that category. Houston, give me a quick tidbit about Chris McCaffrey before we go. Yeah, I mean, it'll be inter- interesting to see if uh, Teddy Bridgewater, being an upgrade at quarterback, how that will affect Chris McCaffrey's uh, fantasy value. Um, between Kyle Allen and Will Greer, they were pretty bad, and – um I don't know how much of an upgrade Teddy Bridgewater is. He should be able to move the offense a little bit better. I still think Christian McCaffrey finishes as the number one. He, I just think he'll be more efficient with his carries and with his touches in 2020. Yeah, and I, I agree with that as well. Look, we have to get going. We went longer than we thought we would, but we had a lot of fun doing it. Just so you guys know, and just so everybody who's watching knows, I'm not editing this video. We're keeping all of it in. We're keeping the Chris delays, the comedy of the team. <laughs> This, nice. this is all staying 100% because it was all gold, absolute gold. Look, before we go, and Chris, I don't mean to step on your toes here a little bit, but I want to get Houston uh, to talk a little bit about what we may have in store for everybody coming up this August 1st, possibly. Houston, what do we have for the people? Yeah, so a group of fellas over here at uh, Belly Up Fantasy Sports, we're getting ready to offer you a 2020 uh, redraft-centric um, draft guide for your fantasy football leagues. We're looking at you're going to get projections, team outlooks for every team. We're going to go and give you uh, 25 sleepers, bust, deep sleepers, and 25 breakout candidates. We're still brainstorming on more content to deliver to you. So just keep on the lookout. We're planning on launching that August 1st. We'll probably get a pre-order code or out for you soon. Just be on the lookout on bellyupfantasysports.com for that. 
Yeah, it's going to be our first ever draft guy. We cannot wait. It's going to be great information. It's going to be a, a cumulative of things we do here. The article's written on bellyoffantasysports.com. Make sure you're checking that place out whenever you possibly can. And uh, before we go ahead and get out of here, we'll start with you, Chris. Tell us where everybody can find you on social media. Everyone, y'all can follow me on my personal account on Twitter, at AggieCapaSig. And everyone should already be following Belly Up Sports for your, our take on the current sports world. Belly Up Football for up-to-date news and coverage. And then also Belly Up Fantasy for the ever-changing landscape of fantasy football. We got Zach Attack. You can find me at, at it's Zach Mac on Twitter. I don't use Facebook or Instagram, so just forget about it. Uh, at Puck Puck Pass Pod also on Twitter. And at What's Up Belly Up, the two podcasts I'm a part of. And now this show... Chris already mentioned it, though, at Bella Fantasy, so you should already be following it by the time I'm talking. Old man Zach hates social media. Houston, what do you, where do we can find you at? Yep. You can follow me on Twitter at FDHoustonW. Tommy Tom. Short and sweet. Uh, short and sweet, yeah. Houston and I, we each got one. Chris stole my other one, so... Uh, at belly up football take us you know take a look at us and then uh at belly up tom uh that's gonna be my personal account come roast me for putting guys way lower than they should have been in these in these uh rankings. <laughs> absolutely you hope to see that for sure well you can always find me dan mater md's fantasy football show on facebook at mdff show on twitter at mds ff show i had an episode come out last week where i recap the, the the two rounds two through seven top 24 players that i have from those rounds and this week coming up i got a nice guest uh robbie from the run boys sports network coming on to talk coaching changes fantasy impact that'll be on may 8th guys we were going to see you next week we're going to be talking about the top 10 wide receivers and tight ends and hope to hear chris on a 20 minute delay again next week make sure you come back and check us out on belly up fantasy at belly up fantasy belly up fantasy sports dot uh, com anytime you want. We'll all see you guys next week. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.